Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to the All In All Out podcast. We're taking a short break for a while, but now I'm back and ready to attack. As always, I'm grateful and appreciative for every one of you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I say, whether it be the morning time, afternoon time, evening, or the night time. I'm grateful and appreciative always for anyone who gives the show an opportunity and supports the show in any way, shape, or form. And with that being said, before we get started, just a reminder, please give the show a five-star review or any review whatsoever that's on your heart. Leave a comment. Advertise it to your, your friends, your colleagues, your acquaintances, anyone and everyone you believe would benefit from this show. And with that being said, let's get the show popping. All right. I wanted to do this episode before the summer ends. And this episode, I'm going to discuss about a very special anniversary in my life. And that anniversary is the 10-year anniversary of giving my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I touched on this story in one of my earlier episodes. I believe I touched on it in the testimony episode, which I believe is episode two. With that being said, if you want to check out that episode, you'll be able to hear my full testimony on how I got to a point of giving my life to Jesus Christ. But specifically on the 10-year anniversary, I'll sum it up as best as possible. It was the, the summer before entering my sophomore year in high school. And prior to that was my obviously, my freshman year in high school. And I've described it many times as the worst year of my life. The best thing that's happened to me, but one of the worst years of my life. That year started out with horrible marks in school compared to what I ended up with graduating high school and going into college. I believe first quarter, because in Norwalk school systems, we went by quarters. And in the first quarter, I believe I got a 2.3 GPA average. You see, 2.1 or 2.3, what I vaguely remember. And at that point, I didn't care about school. I only cared about making bare minimum to play basketball. And the reason why I got to that point is the year prior to that, eighth grade year, last year of junior high, I was a straight-A student. One quarter, I got 3.9. Another quarter, I got 3.5. One quarter, I got 3.0. Essentially, an honor-to-high-honor role student throughout the school year. And I recall one teacher, I believe it was the history teacher, who made the comment that the grades that you have now don't matter. It only matters when you get to high school. And at that point, when I heard that statement, <laughs> I, I, I took the, the grades don't matter part, but I didn't take the statement, the part in the statement where the teacher said, it matters when you get to high school. <laughs> so I only listened to what I, my flesh wanted me to listen to. 
So that led into my freshman year where I didn't care about academics. And I only cared about just making bare minimal to play on a basketball team. And at this point, at that point, basketball was my number one. I put basketball above my family. I put basketball above God. I put it above everything. My whole life was surrounded by basketball, watching NBA games every day. I even recall, and it may still be on my Facebook, where the cover page, because you got your profile page and then you got your cover page. My cover page at one point either was ball is life or ball to your fall. I mean, this that was how dedicated I was and how I made basketball my idol. Living in idolatry in that regard. And up until that point, and I don't say what I'm about to say out of arrogance, being braggadocious, or anything regarding to that. But I was playing a lot of minutes. I started most of the games that I played. I performed well. Even my first year playing full organized basketball, leading into my first time playing AAU basketball, I was recognized as one of the best players AA, best AAU players and one of the top AAU players in the state of Connecticut. And all of that was going on in less than a year's time. And that culminated, not culminated, but that leaned into the following year where I just continued to get better and better. Now freshman year comes along. I'm playing on the freshman year team. I made the crucial mistake, I will admit, because my primary position was the power forward, power forward slash center, because I had no ball handling, none whatsoever. And when the coaches asked, what position are you? I lied and I said, I'm a shooting guard, small forward. (laughs) And the reason why I did that was because I was tired of getting my buckets the hard way. I wanted to be Kobe Bryant. I wanted to be LeBron James. Essentially, all of the all-around players. Which are, which are considered small forwards. They do everything. And I wanted to dribble the ball more. But I had no business whatsoever playing that position. And in that regard, I screwed myself over. So while freshman year is going on, in the beginning of the season... I recall our first game, and I thought I'll be playing JV, by the way. I, I believed, and I still believe, that I was good enough to play JV at the very least. But I'm only playing on the freshman team. And I remember our first game, I believe it was against Westport. And I, sit, I sat down the entire first half. Now I'm thinking to myself, eh, it's just a fluke. They're testing out all these other players, giving them their shine, see what they're made of, because they already know what I'm made of. (laughs) Completely arrogant. Completely arrogant. At the highest regard. And then games go on, and... The similar things are happening, which in a nutshell, I'm just not getting a lot of playing time. And basketball being my idol, I got severely 
the I won't say severely. I got depressed. I got genuinely depressed that I wasn't getting playing time. I mean, I'm telling y'all, school was start, I believe, around 7 a.m. And I would have my mom, before she head off to work, because her job was on my way, was on her way past my school. I would get up extra early in the morning just to play basketball before school started. And that was consistent. That is how dedicated I was. Getting up early in the morning to shoot basketball, work on my game. Did I work on it very hard while I was there? No, I will admit that. But I was still working on my game, getting up early in the morning. And when I was again not playing time, depression hit. The depression hit. And that led to drugs. I won't reveal who I was hanging out with at the time, but we would smoke weed, I smoke cigarettes. I I recall one time when my <laughs> when there was rum at my home and I took the bottle of rum because I knew that I would be drinking it that night and I put it in a plastic bag. It was specifically the yellow plastic bags from ShopRite back in those days. <laughs> and I didn't have a care in the world that much that I kept the rum in my book bag the entire day throughout school. And there would be moments where I left the bag unattended. Any random person could have looked into my book bag, noticed what I had in there, and would have got suspended and kicked off the team. And especially during that time, because certain people would play a game. I forgot what the name of the game was. But essentially, it's when... It was not, not a game, but it was a joke. Where... Someone, while you would go to the, the restroom or anywhere else for a significant period of time, let's say less than five minutes, they would turn everything in, regarding your book bag inside out. <laughs> it may have been called nutmegging. Anyway, regardless, that was prominent during that time. I was just very fortunate enough that I didn't get caught with liquor that day. And going back to the weed, I, I recall at least once or twice, definitely once, where after school was over, me and my boy at the time, we, we smoked weed. Now, he, he wasn't playing no sports, on no sports team whatsoever. He was just a regular cat going to school. I was playing on a sports team. <laughs> but I was still smoking weed. <laughs> and I showed up to practice high. Now, I was one of those guys where I, I would say, I'm not high, I'm good, I'm good. Believe me, I'm good. And no one ever said anything to me. Maybe they didn't. Just didn't care enough. But that happened. I did that. I remember one time where I was high and drunk. So someone I was talking to a, a while ago set the term for it. But I, I just don't remember it now. But I remember I was in that predicament. And I recall going over a, a girl's house. Because the person I was with knew where she lived. And I 
went up to the door. I'm there banging on the door. Say, hey, blankety blade, what's going on? And she said to me, Ryan, you're drunk. Leave. I said, nah, nah, blankety blank. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Ryan, leave. <laughs> oh, she was very kind of me. She, she could have cussed me out. And she may have. I, I just don't remember. <laughs> but th- that happened only for a short period of time. I believe that went on for three, four months. I probably from September up until the new year. So October, November, December. Yeah, so three months and change. And while that was going on, my boy that I was hanging out with at the time who... <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Who influenced me to do these things. He forced me. Did not force me whatsoever. I made that choice. But he influenced me to do these things. Cool cat. Never did anything wrong to me. He had a girlfriend at the time. And I was hitting on his girlfriend. And in a way, I was trying to take his girlfriend away from him. Because I... (laughs) I knew certain things. And we had a a fallout for probably a month or two because of that. And I'll never forget that a guy, I'll give him a shout out. His name is Dennis. He sat us together. I'll never forget it was at the lunch table. And he essentially was the, the middleman, the mediator. And led us to reconcile with one another. And I, I apologize for what I did. I was sincerely sorry for what I did. And we're still on good terms to this day. At least from my perspective. Uh, I haven't heard from him in years. But as far as I know, we're on good terms. Which is a, is a blessing. Is a blessing. But going back, excuse me, the basketball season is still going on, and it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's running through the second quarter of the school year, blending in, lack of a better term. And the second quarter of my academic career was the worst quarter well high school because all my college years were semesters my high school career junior high career that on top of that I had a 1.8 GPA average which is by far which was by far the worst quarter I ever had by far. And I'll never forget the day where the head coach of the basketball program and the, hence the varsity team, his name was Ken Dustin. And Dustin was talking about academics. And he was at the point discussing about bad grades. And he looked right at me, looked me right in my eyes. And I had such anxiety when that happened because I knew I was guilty of it. I knew it. And I didn't expect him to call me out on it. And after he called me out and he finished up his speech, a teammate of mine, which I I won't say his name, he said, man, Ryan, I thought you were smart. And when he said that, I I didn't care. I, I, 
in my head, I'm, I'm like, F you. <laughs> I, ge- I genuinely did not care at that point. I'm a, I was a minimalist regarding my grades. I, look, the academic standard was a 1.7 to be eligible to play on a, a sports team. And I had a 1.8. So I made it. Who cares? <laughs> it's just wild looking back at that year, my freshman year, and how, how bad and how dark of a place I was in. Very dark, very depressed. Didn't have a care in the world. I was a suicidal. I won't go that far, but it was very dark. Like If I kept on that path, I do believe I would have gotten to that point in some capacity. So basketball season is getting towards the end. And I recall while playing in the, the secondary gym, because you had the main gym, which was the, the home court. And then once you walk into through these doors... And you have doors entering the locker room, and you have doors entering outside. And then on the right-hand side, you have the secondary gym. And I, I recall I was just shooting basketball, shooting the basketball, working on my game. And one of the coaches, won't say which one, said to me, Hey, Ryan, like, I, I know you can play. I, I know you can play. And essentially, you're going to get an opportunity. And I do believe if I had stayed at McMahon, my career would have been different. I'm, I'm not saying I would have went D1. I'm not saying I would have even went D2 or D3. But based on how the teams were set up and... The staff itself, I do believe my career would have been different. And I, and I wanted to stay at McMahon. I, I did initially. But <laughs> I don't think I ever told the story on this program. So sophomore year, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the 10-year anniversary. Sophomore year rolls around. I gave my life to Christ at this point. Wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, let alone baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And, but I, I was genuine, and I genuinely gave my life to Christ. So at this time, my family and I moved to the east side in Norwalk. We, leave, we lived on the south side at, at Prior to that, at the Hill, well, you have Monterey. Let me break it down real quick. You have Monterey Place. That was the project. Then you had two parts of Monterey. You had Meadows Garden, and you had the Hill. I lived at the Hill. So my family and I, and I we moved to the east side. In Norwalk, which meant that I was supposed to transfer to Norwalk High because I lived in a different school district. But nobody knew that I moved regarding teachers or guidance counselors or anyone of that authority. Well... One day, one day, while I was a sophomore, I would attend the after-school program because I had nothing else better to do. So why not do homework there? And at that point, I was taking my education seriously and have done that all the way throughout high school and all the way throughout college. They 
the person who was running the after school program asked me to fill out my information. Now, I'm a Christian. Of course, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to be truthful in my, my answers. For the address part, I put in the new address. And so when I did that, a day or two or a week at most passed by, and I get called to the office. I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I ain't do nothing wrong. Why am I getting called to the office? <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I get called, I probably was speaking to my guidance counselor. And my, my guidance counselor told me that, hey, we discovered that you have a new address and this address belongs to the Newark High District. Is that true? Yes. Well, Mr. Allen, since that's the case, you're going to need to go transfer. You need to go to Newark High. On that day, they handed me a sheet where I needed to hand it to all of my teachers. And on that sheet, they, were, they would write down my final grade. Man, as soon as I left that office, I ripped up that paper, threw it in the trash. Threw it in the trash. <laughs> Then a week passed by, exactly a week. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget this day. I got called to the office again. And I knew it had to do with me not filling out that form or giving, rather giving that form to all of my teachers. I went back to the office. The lady calls me in. Oh, well, I, I remember as a lady or a guy. The person calls me in, and I'll never forget what the person told me. They said, Ryan, you need to fill out this form today because you're going to Norwalk High tomorrow. Slam. That was it. Didn't have time to process it. Didn't have time. Didn't make time, rather, to let it sink in. And man, tomorrow, I'm going to a new school. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that last day, I said my goodbyes. Many people were upset, rather. And I was upset, too. I mean, I, I had, there was a girl I had a crush on. And I was going to ax her out. Oh, Christmas. I mean, I had plans, man. I, I had plans. The young me. But moving forward, I told my mom about what happened. And she was upset because Norakai had a reputation at the time for being the lower academic standard for the city of Norwalk and a lot of hood people. And the first part was true when I end up going there to an extent. Reason I say that because when I went there, specifically in my math class, the stuff, the topics that they were learning in the second quarter, I had already learned in the first quarter. So they were behind academically. And it's such nonsense. And I agree with, the, with people who, who say that parents should have the right to send their kids anywhere regardless of which district they live in. 
if they if the parent is willing to pay money out of their own pockets to send their kid to any public school or any private institution they should have that right because if the parent or the guardian wants that child to have the best education possible and they have the the resources to do that they have they should have the right to do that but back then i wasn't thinking about that i just wanted to be with my boys <laughs> and i didn't want to go to a quote unquote hood school so, my mom and I, we went to City Hall. And on top of that, I knew a handful of people who lived at a different district, but yet we're still going to McMahon. Therefore, my mom and I, we went to City Hall one time, and we, we were in the beginning stages of fighting the, the city for having me move to a different district. And after my mom and I left City Hall and were entering her vehicle, I remember God telling me, you need to move on, start over. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, you need to start over, new chapter, you know, especially that I just gave my life to Christ, I was on the narrow pathway, many people at McMahon were bullying me, not anymore at that time, because I gave it all to Christ. I even, <laughs> I even recall one, one time, one of the guys who had bullied me, won't say his name, we were, I believe we had the same, I believe we were in the same English class, and we either went as a class to the library, or we happened to be at the library simultaneously, and I'm there <laughs> doing my assignment on the computer, I never forget he was on the right hand side of me, and I'm just there typing out my assignment, not even acknowledging him, not in the sense of not looking him in the eyes. And he's there asking me questions about something, and I'm just giving one to two word answers, handful of answers, five words or less answers. Because when I gave my life to Christ, y'all, there was such a peace that was indescribable. Like, the anxiety was gone. The care for what people say was gone. It was, it was a change. It was definitely a change. But, yeah... <laughs> I remember that. He, he was just asking me questions about something. And I just gave five words or less answers because I, I didn't care to what he had to ask unless it was something genuinely important. And I would just focus on my academics, focusing on my schoolwork. But going back to the city hall, God told me that you need to move on start over and I told my mom that and she said okay and I went to Norwalk High for the rest of my high school career and that is now my alumni go Bears <laughs> all right now going back to the 10-year anniversary let's go back a bit so freshman year was over and I believe I had an overall GPA of a 2.3, I believe. It was, it was definitely 2.5 and lower. Definitely. 
And I'll never forget. I showed my mom my report card. We were living in the south side at the hill at the time. And at the old apartment complex, there was two bathrooms and one, two, three, four, four bedrooms, if I remember correctly. And when you enter the door, you make a left. If you go straight ahead, there was the living room. And when you make that right, my sister's room was on the left-hand side, and her bathroom was straight ahead. And the kitchen was right behind us. Well, it was right in front of her door. But the kitchen, when you walk out her door, the kitchen was straight ahead. And my mom and I, we were right near in the middle between the three. The bathroom, the bedroom, and the kitchen. And I handed my mom my report card. And when she saw my report card... I saw such sadness and disappointment on her face. It, it, it was a, a sight that I won't forget. I vaguely remember, but I won't forget it. And I wasn't even saved at this point. Rather, 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 I didn't give my life to Jesus Christ at this point. And I told my mom, and you can ask her, I told my mom, I said, Mom, you will never see these type of grades ever again. And my God, she never did. She never did. I ended up graduating with honors. I went from a 2.3, around a 2.3 GPA. My freshman year to graduating with a 3.0. I just made it graduating with honors. Every single quarter, except for one. And that was because that one quarter was my transitioning process. So... That quarter where I transitioned, which was the second quarter, I didn't do well. I probably got a 2.7, 2.8 because of the transitioning. But other than that one quarter, every single quarter that I performed in school, I always had a 3.0 at the very least. And all glory to God, as I mentioned earlier, I was able to graduate with honors. All glory to God. So that happened where I told my mom, you'll never see these type of grades ever again. And for those who don't remember, my cousin Verge, he was my role model at the time, living for the Lord, constantly went to Bible study, constantly went to church. And the main difference that I've seen from him in comparison to other people was he was always happy, always happy. I, I recall one time where he was teaching me how to make burgers. On the, on the mini grill that we had at the time. And it, I don't even know why I was frustrated. But I was just screaming and hollering for no reason. Like a banshee. And I, I remember seeing his face. He was just laughing. He wasn't yelling at me. He didn't hit me. He was just laughing. And it didn't make any sense to me. And one day, I, I, I had asked my mom. I said, Ma, 
why is Virgie always happy? Because it just didn't make any sense. Because I'm used to seeing people throw a tantrum yelling at, at some point in their life. And my mom essentially broke down to me that, hey, Ryan, he's a Christian. Christians are supposed to act this way. They're supposed to do this and do that. They're supposed to live for, for God. And when my mom told me that, I started putting one and one together. I said, wait a minute. I'm not happy. I'm depressed. I I recall, man, I recall during my freshman year, during basketball season, on my <laughs> on my boost mobile screen keyboard combo phone that I took a selfie. I took it right in front front of the, the doors entering the locker room. And the assistant coach at the time, one of the assistant coaches, said to me, Oh, you're taking a photograph of yourself? I said, yeah, I love myself. And he said, oh, that's good. He said, I love myself, I like myself. He said, oh, that's good. That's good. Complete lie. Complete lie. I I did not love myself, let alone like myself. (laughs) I, I, I was so full of it, I tell you, using drugs, weed, cigarettes, and liquor. To mask the pain of basketball, not working out at that time. Grades were horrible. I was losing friends, quote-unquote friends. I remember one guy came up to me and said that there was a rumor that I was desperate for the poo tank. Like, this is the truth. This, this, this is... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. This is the truth. It, it it was just my life was just spiraling out of control, man. <laughs> spiraling, man. And now having that conversation with my mom, man, seeing Verge, how he lived life, how he acted, and I wanted that. I wanted that, and I thank God for giving me the simple man mindset. Now, what is the simple man mindset? To me, it's just having common sense, literally. Like with me, I don't need to go through something 5, 10, 20, 60 times to realize that it's not working, right? Girls didn't fulfill me. Sports didn't fulfill me. Academics dang sure didn't film me. What else? Movies didn't film me. Oh, my gosh. Friends didn't film me. My family didn't film me. None of that worked. Basketball, if I didn't mention sports already, didn't film me. But I see this guy, Virch, living for the Lord. As I said, going to Bible study every Wednesday, going to service every Sunday, and being a walking demonstration for what a Christian is supposed to do, supposed to be. As the scriptures say, that we, need, we should be putting a difference between holy and unholy, clean and unclean. So I said to myself, I said, okay, he's happy. Well, why is he happy? Well, he's a Christian. Okay. What do I need to do to be a Christian? Hmm. Hmm. Now, that's a good question. So you're telling me that I just genuinely need to give my life to Jesus Christ? Because I always believed in God. Now, I grew up in church, just wasn't living for God. What didn't even consider myself a Christian? And I said, I continue to ask myself, okay, if I genuinely give my life to Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart that he saved me. 
and he rose for the dead after three days and three nights. Hmm. Pretty simple. I tried everything else. Didn't work out. I failed miserably. Didn't give me no fulfillment whatsoever. So the summer, and I, and I don't remember when during the summertime, but during the summer, before my sophomore year in high school, I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I gave my life to him, and I said, Lord, I want to be happy. I don't want this depression, this anxiety anymore. Just constant worrying about what other people say. Making fun of me and caring about it so much. Using drugs. Just not having a care in the world with what I do, what I say. And not to mention, I used to cuss a lot. Oh my gosh. When I would have conversations with people, constant bad word, constant cursing, worse than a sailor. And I can say only one time. Now, if you want to use the word damn as a curse word, I give you that. Truly was ignorant of the fact that that's considered a curse word. But other than that, from the exception of one time that I remember where I used a curse word in conversation with people ever since I gave my life to Christ, I, I was working security at the time, concierge work, slash concierge work, and this guy, oh my goodness, he was such a nuisance. First time I'm working with him. And he would not do his job. He was a lazy bum. He told me straight up he's only there working for the girls. And I'm asking him to, to do certain things because they need to get done. He's refusing to do it. And after the shift was over, I blasted him at the notes because every shift we had to, we had to send out a report we didn't have to, but we were, we were required to send out a report to the managers, because I worked at apartment complex. We were required to send out our shift notes to the property manager, the assistant manager, the maintenance manager, and our supervisor for the company. Blast him. I remember I had the notes in red. <laughs> And I called up, excuse me, I called up my sister, who was the assistant manager. And I was so upset that I dropped an F-bomb. And I remember dropping it, and it felt so forced that I, I just never cursed again in conversation with people. Now, I will admit I thought I was justified just not cursing in conversation with people. But behind closed doors, oh yeah, I, I would still curse like a sailor. But then the Bible convicted me of that, that no matter where you are, if you're still cussing, you're still cussing no matter what. So thank God you freed me of that. Uh, going back, Summer before my sophomore year, I just wanted to be happy. That was my main thing. I wanted to have joy in my life. I didn't want to have depression anymore. I didn't want to have anxiety anymore. I just wanted to live a good life according to the Bible. And summer before my sophomore year, I made Jesus Christ. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And ever since then, it has been a continuous 
journey. I'm 14 years old, by the way. 14 years old. And ever since then, just looking back, about to turn 25 in a handful of weeks. And it just has been a continuous blessing. And the Lord has been so merciful, so gracious with me. Because I, oh Lord, I've made so many errors on this journey. Still make so many errors. But God is still merciful, still working with me on a handful of things. But I'm learning. I'm still continuing learning. And this year, the 10-year anniversary, I've learned more this year about what God is truly about and His Word than the previous nine. And that's the God's honest truth. I've learned more about the Word of God, Jehovah, the I am that I am, the one Lord, the one true King. In this year, 2023, than the previous nine years. You would think that after 10 years, I may get, I may have all these things packaged down. No, no. And part of that's coming out of a, <laughs> a false church, which one day I, I may address. But man, the Lord has just been so merciful, so graceful. I, I, I should be hell, man. I should be on my way to hell. But my God, he, he, he's, been, he's been a good God, a great God, a loving God, a God that accepted me into the body of Christ when I decided, when I made the choice to give my life over to him, to trust him in all things. And when I make errors out of ignorance and pride, the Lord is still merciful, still gracious. And I learned my lesson and not to do certain things again. It's been a huge blessing. I tell all of you who's listening to the sound of my voice right now, if you haven't given your life to Christ, what are you doing? What are you doing? We, we, we are in the last days, y'all. The world is getting crazier and crazier. And I, oop, I'm not going to get into the reasons why the world is crazier and, and crazier. You can see it for yourself. Everybody got common sense. They may, they may suppress it. But everybody got common sense, man. And if you're not living for the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not having that holy faith and abiding by that holy faith day in and day out according to what the Bible states as it is written, not by man-made philosophy, theology, or any other trash that contradicts the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, then <laughs> you're going to continue living in a, a cycle of anxiety, a cycle of stress, bad stress, a cycle of depression, a cycle of oppression, a cycle of, of nightmares, a cycle of evil things going on in your life. 
If you are not putting Christ first, you need to do it. You need to be baptized. You need to repent. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to accept the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Excuse me. And you just need to follow the Lord. Walk that narrow pathway. Walk that holy pathway. That holy highway. Because I'm telling y'all, giving my life to Christ for the past 10 plus years, it's been a privilege. It's been an honor. It is still, it will still continue to be an honor. It will still continue to be a privilege. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so grateful that because I trusted in the Lord, I gave my life to the Lord, that even while I was going to a false church looking back on it, not everything was wrong, but Many core things were wrong. And because I was genuine in my faith, because I was genuine and still am genuine in serving the Lord, God still blessed me with many things. Many, many, many things that I did not deserve and do not deserve whatsoever. So I am encouraging all of you as I'm winding down. Read the scriptures. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Don't be so prideful that you think you know it all. Don't be so stubborn that it ends up being too late. Now, in the book of Matthew, St. Matthew chapter 7, I believe it's in verse 7. It's interesting, the, the church I went to recently, one of the deacons, he brought up the scripture in St. Matthew 7. And it reads, Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And I've told a handful of people this. If you genuinely want to know the truth, if you genuinely want to get your life right, if you genuinely want a better way of living. Go to the Lord. If, if you have not doubt within that belief in Jesus Christ, ask. And you got to be genuine. You got to have a humble and contrite heart about it. And I encourage people as well, read, first read the book of John. And then read the book of Matthew. Because my God, it, it, once you read those things from a humble and contrite heart, I guarantee everyone, everyone, they will fall in love with Jesus Christ. They will fall in love with the Messiah. Emmanuel, God with us. The everlasting Father, Counselor. The mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And I, speaking as someone who's been in this thing for over 10 years, there is no better way to live this life than to have Christ at the helm. Christ putting him first. And not man first. Man meaning the world. Because there's no better role model 
than Jesus Christ. There's no better example than Jesus Christ. And if you genuinely want to have a better life, there's no better way. As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How simple is that? How plain is that? All right, y'all. That's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something from this episode. As I mentioned to you, it's been a blessing. It's been an honor and a privilege. I don't care. Not I say I don't care. Even if it's only two people listening. I'm grateful and appreciative for all the support throughout the almost two years it's been since I released my first episode. And we're going to keep on keeping on. So with that being said, y'all, stay blessed and stay well balanced. Thank you. Peace.